off the ball. Getting inside the game on News Talk 106 to 108. Kilkenny manager Brian Cody is going to be on the show shortly after 8 o'clock tonight. You can text into us as always on 53106. It's time now to talk to John Giles for the last time before Christmas. John, how are you? Okay, Owen. Your old club leads. Uh, not a, <laughs> a difficult night for them last night. Go hide, Owen. Yeah. <laughs> look good. Look good for the first. Four, okay, for the first forty-five minutes, but second half, now got a right hiding. Yeah, just just that superior quality, which yeah. uh, regardless yeah. of tradition or anything like that, the better team yeah. usually wins those matches. Yeah, well, I think the just after second half, he's done massive score. I think the goalkeeper should have saved it, and I think that gave uh, uh, Chelsea the the. the Incentive they needed just to go ahead from there, and I think it it uh, demoralised the Leeds lads. It shouldn't have done, but it did. I think the match probably energised the supporters, even though it didn't turn out that well. With the traditional uh, traditional rivalry there, and particularly surrounding the the sixties and seventies, John, a couple of rough matches. Yeah. Well, I, I can't understand that. On really, it's it's eight years um, since Chelsea played Leeds, mm. and. Uh, you know, I can understand the Manchester United Liverpool rivalry because it's although Liverpool haven't run really a lot, it, there's a huge rivalry there. Uh, but they, they, I, I don't really understand the Leeds Chelsea. Obviously, it's a long time ago, mm. uh, but they haven't played each other for eight years, and, and Chelsea have marched on under Abramovich, whereas Leeds have, have gone down. Uh, but you know, the papers made a big deal of it, and certainly the the supporters were up for it. Yeah, I think it's maybe it's just because because of that very fact that there hasn't been a recent rivalry to speak of you then start looking back through what has yeah. happened traditionally and, and a lot of people including ourselves I must say we were speaking to Eddie Gray last night about the 1970 Cup Final and yes. the replay Oh well uh, it was the 70 Final uh, itself at Wembley which it, if you remember well you wouldn't remember it on you probably seen yeah. it on the telly where they had the horse show Wembley was in dreadful condition you know as a player in those days the Cup Final was a big day and you really look forward to playing at Wembley where the, it, was, it was a grass pitch. Because in those days, by the time you got to Wembley, playing through the semi-finals and that, you were playing through mud and there was no grass left on the pitches and the pitches weren't in good condition. So when you got to Wembley, it was something to really look forward to. Mm. But when we got there in 70, there'd been a horse shot. There wasn't a blade of grass on the blooming <laughs> place. It was just like a mud heap. So, and it was really... <laughs> Really rough games. I don't, did you see the preview last night? I oh, did, no, no, I didn't. I know that they were showing some of the footage from those games. Well, I couldn't believe it. Oh, really? I played in the games, and I couldn't believe the tackles when I saw it last night. <laughs> uh, I mean, there was one in the second in the, in, in the replay at Old Trafford uh, where Eddie McCready was one of the lead slads. I don't know who it was going for a header, and Eddie McCready got two feet above his head to kick it away. <laughs> and the referee was in shot, and you could see him wave wave play on, you know? Mm. Now, there was nobody. I mean, I had, I had some bad tackles myself, but I think the referees, one of the top referees a few years ago, looked at the two matches and said if it was, if they were playing today, there'd, there'd, be, there'd probably be five players left on the pitch. Yeah, David Ellery, I think it was. Was it? Did that. Yeah, he yeah, was one of the leading referees. Yeah. Uh, and it showed, you know, it showed the difference between today and uh, now when the players are... It wasn't right in my day, but... Um, the players diving all over the place now and they haven't even been touched. I don't know what they would have done in those days. Was it that bit rougher than you remembered it? Did you remember it being it was, that bad? Yeah, yeah, I was shocked at some of the tackles <laughs> last night. Actually, I had one tackle myself on John Holland's at Wembley, um, which I can't believe myself. I mean, I should have been straight off. Not, not me, but a lot of us hmm. could have been straight off the pitch. No, no, it was pretty rough stuff, you know? Why were those matches particularly vicious, John? Was that a rivalry that had been building up yeah. up to that point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chelsea... Uh, and Leeds had been promoted in uh, two seasons of each other. 
I think um, I think Leeds went up first and then Chelsea came up the following year or maybe it was the other way around uh, and Chelsea were a young team this was the Terry Venables uh, Bobby Tamblin time and Leeds were, were newcomers as well new, new boys on the block so there was a rivalry from the, what was then the second division days uh, right because so, Chelsea, Chelsea became quite successful with their young team and so did Leeds uh, so it, it, it had been building up from I'd say 1964-65 time the uh, the matches then by the time you got to 1970 was there in fact not so much the games themselves but the outlook of the Leeds team was there a kind of a you know these are the soft southerners that we have to we have to show them who's boss um, no I think but no, I don't think uh, 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 Chelsea were ever considered soft southerners really oh no not with Chopper Harris <laughs> yeah. Eddie McCready Peter Osgood could handle himself they had a lot of players that could really get stuck in uh, on. so they were never soft they were never soft southerners um, but I think that, that there was a, a thing with Chelsea see there were the, the Chelsea boys uh, and they were good time boys you know there was, there was there was a few party good few party animals and they would have had a showbiz crowd following them mm. and uh, I think there was a documentary there a few years ago where they made a big deal of the 70 cup final where Chelsea actually beat us to win the cup and the whole uh, uh, thing seemed to be that the Chelsea were good time boys where the Leeds were serious you know too serious about themselves yeah. so the Chelsea boys came out on top the party boys came out on top <laughs> you know that's the way that, that's the way they like to uh, portray it which, yeah. which wasn't true because uh, you know the, the Chelsea they had a terrific team uh, on but in all those years now they had a team they never once really uh, had a go at the league they never won the league they won two trophies which was the Cup and the Cup Winners Cup whereas we were winning six trophies you know so they could turn it on on certain days as opposed to oh yeah, to, oh, yeah. well the Cup Final like the Cup Final the Cup Final as anybody said and anybody could win the Cup Final in those days uh, probably more so than, than today because a lot of top teams rest players and that uh, so any team but Chelsea were a top class team mm. but when it came to the long haul I mean the, the real test of a team was, was over 42 matches to win the league they never really challenged for the league now they won the cup in seventy, and they won the cup, but they were gone after that. They were good time boys, but they had some terrific players as well. You mentioned Venables there, John. I mean, myself and a lot of the listeners, I suppose, will only really know him as the flash kind of manager who uh, and coach. In fairness, who does seem to yeah. have got a lot of respect from the players yeah. that he's coached as a, as a footballer himself. Was he any good? Um, well, he played for England. He, he came at the time of Tommy Doherty when the, the young Chelsea, the original young Chelsea team, came on board, uh, and he was quite influential. He was captain of. Uh, Chelsea when he was when he was young uh, and then I think he fell out with Tommy Doherty and he went to Spurs for quite a bit of money but didn't really do it there he, he was he was a good player uh, uh, a good technical player didn't have much pace and needed a lot of room he, he couldn't make a lot of room for himself you know right. he could distribute the ball like, like football is all about time and space if you get time and space you can you can get the good distributors uh, can distribute the ball but you need to make that time and space and Terry wasn't quick and he wasn't physical, but he was a good knowledge of the game, and he was he was a good player. He actually had his best time. He went to QPR from Spurs, yeah. and QPR had a very good team, and he was a very influential lad. He was a good talker on the pitch, good organizer, as he proved to be a manager later on. Um, but certainly as a, as a midfield player, he, he you wouldn't have seen him as a threat. Let's so, put it that yeah, way. Yeah, sounds a bit like something like maybe Michael Carrick is today. You got yeah, you know. yeah, it'd be a little bit. He would be a little bit that way, yeah. Yeah, yeah just, Car- was, Carrick can look great when he's a bit of time and he's spraying the ball about. But yeah, but Carrick can do it. So could Terry. But, mm. he, but he, in a close game, now he wouldn't be able to make the, the time to ask Carrick. I mean, Carrick, 
if you watch Carrick playing now, Carrick doesn't, you ever see Carrick pa- carrying the ball? Mm. Like he usually passes the ball from where he receives it. Now, like sometimes that's right, but sometimes you have to carry the ball as a midfield player and make time and space and actually threaten and go past somebody, uh, you know, to, to really be dangerous. So that's why sometimes he's right, but a lot of times he's wrong in passing the ball from where he picks it up. Yep. And Terry would have been a bit like that. I think Terry would have, been, would, would have known better when to carry the ball, but he didn't really have the ability to do it. I just want to talk about a few things going on today. One of them, a couple of them involving Liverpool, actually. Daniel Sturridge's rumours that he might leave Chelsea. It seems like Benitez is amenable to that happening in the new year and might go to Liverpool. But in the meantime, that they look like they are going to tie down Raheem Sterling to a new contract. Mm. A long term. He's only 18 and the yeah. talk is that he might be getting about 40 grand a week, which mm. is probably good for him. Is he worth the new contract, do you think? Um, well, he's gone into the Liverpool team and he's only, he's only just turned 18 uh, on. Mm. Um, and I'd say they have to tie him down because he'd be a free, he'd be a free agent next year. But I, I think he, he has been promoted beyond his abilities uh, um, this season because of just the lack of quality in the setup. Really. I think so. Well, and also with England, mm. you know, he's, he's played for England. Oh, well, I'm sure he has. I think he has, hasn't he? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's played for England. You know, like after four or five things, and, and I think it shows the lack of of quality players of English uh, English players in the Premiership. You know, Welbeck has got into the team. Cleverly has got into the team. Uh, Sterling's got into the team. Not just into the squad, but into the team. Mm. Um, and I've watched him in the last couple of matches, and I've heard Rogers. Uh, so I've seen him reported in the paper saying he needs a rest. Sterling is tired, and he looks at to me. He hasn't kicked the ball for <laughs> Liverpool in the last two or three matches I've seen. So. He's certainly a, a lad of promise, um, and you know, hopefully, if he if, if he if he keeps uh, looks after himself, um, then he should go on to be a top class player. Yeah, but he's a long way to go. It's interesting, John, just the way you described that—that that maybe he's being almost promoted too quickly because of the needs of his club and his country. Because mm. Damien Kamali, a football director, whatever he is at Liverpool, says after uh, talking about his contract, he says he'll be a wealthy man, but it's not about the money; it's about development. Now, I guess it's always somewhat about the money for. <laughs> professional sports people and uh, is it actually the right is he in the right environment to be developed or even at club level as well as international level is it actually can it hamper your development if you're being thrust forward too quickly as you suggest well it, 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 it depends on the situation at the club and you, you can see by Liverpool they don't have that many players he has got into the team and I think I think he's done pretty well he looks like he, he's going to be a good player now uh, you know when it happens with what happens in this situation, that Sterling will have an agent, on, even though he's only a young fella, and the agent will be pushing for the new contract. In fact, if he is signed for forty grand a week, I'm surprised. I saw in the paper a couple of weeks ago he's looking for eighty grand a week. Yeah. Um, now, whether there there'll be add-ons to that, because what's happened to Liverpool, likes of Joe Cole, who came on a free transfer, is probably on a hundred. Well, according to the paper, say a hundred grand a week. And the agent will be saying, well, here's Sterling in the team. Joe, Joe Cole is not in the team, so he should be getting 100 grand a week. So yeah. I don't know how much he's going to get, but certainly, uh, you know, 40 grand a week is a lot of money anyway for a young lad who I hope, uh, you know, can look after himself off the field. Um, you know, I hope he doesn't become a wild boy. But he certainly has a long way to go. But it's, it's the way the game is. I think players are rewarded beyond what they should be rewarded. Uh, on, but I think the clubs have to do it because uh, it'd be a free transfer next year, and somebody else will pick him up, and they'd lose the player anyway. You yeah, know? yeah, you would sometimes worry about what how a person will react to getting that much money well, at eighteen years of age. <laughs> well, it's difficult. It's difficult to know. I don't know much about that lad. Uh, 
you know, I heard one or two people in the game saying he's, he can be a bit of a wild lad. I don't know, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. He's only 18. Uh, but if, if he's inclined to be wild, uh, the extra money's not going to do him much good. <laughs> All right, John, we'll take a break. We'll be back with more from John Giles after these. Off the ball on Newstalk 106 to 108. You are listening to Thursday Night Football with John Giles. Tonight, the Champions League draw has been made. We'll be talking a bit more about this in the football show, but I'm just particularly interested in the return of Cristiano Ronaldo to Manchester United for this game and also the relationship between Alex Ferguson and Jose Mourinho, Real Madrid manager. John Ronaldo coming back with Real Madrid. Would you imagine he'll get a reasonably warm reception at Old Trafford? I think he'll get a very good reception there. Oh, and I think he was a hero for, I think he was six years at Old Trafford. And they won a lot of uh, trophies when they now. I think he'll get a warm reception when he comes back there. Sometimes players are even longer at clubs, though, and for whatever reason, as soon as they leave, supporters decide they hate them. Yeah, well, he he, he insisted on going, um, but I think he came back one time for something. Did he play there? Has he played there since? Owen? I'm at not. He, I'm not. He may have played in a testimonial. I'm not 100 yeah, percent sure. Here, and this is my text in. Yeah, I, yeah. Think he, I think he was a, a big hero there. They won a lot of trophies and that. And he is one of the few players who who has left that I would expect to get a good reception. Normally, as you say, mm. when the player leaves, even after 10 years of great service, uh, they get some stick. Like uh, Van Persie, when he goes back to Arsenal, will get some stick. Yeah. But I think no, I think there's a lot of affection for Ronaldo among the, the uh, Manchester United supporters. Also, Alex Ferguson speaks very warmly of him any time he's asked. It might be that Ferguson might want him back at some stage in a few years? Well, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Uh, you know, things don't seem to be so good that... Uh, Real Madrid at the moment and Mourinho seems to have fallen out with a few players according to the papers anyway uh, Owen so um, you know well from Manchester United's point of view I mean it was a big deal I think they bought him for I don't know what was it 10, 15 million yeah it was Uh, it 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 could have been even a little bit more yeah well a bit say even 20 but they sold him for 80 yeah and and he helped them win trophies as well so um, you know I think he, he sort of went with Ferguson's blessing at the end of it which is unusual uh, but I think the door would always be open for him, for him to come back, and it depends how, how things go. Whether they can afford to have him back now, if they, if even if they could. But things seem to be uh, breaking up a little bit uh, at Real Madrid. You know, the, the, yeah. it, it doesn't look good. It, 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 it's 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 one, it's one of the few times. Like Mourinho has always fallen out with somebody at whatever club he's been at, yeah. whether it be Chelsea, Porto, Winter Milan, now Real Madrid. He seems to have like a three-year period where everything is okay. But this is the first time I've seen him actually fall out with the players. Mm. You know, he's normally fallen out with the owner as he did with Chelsea or the, or the directors at Real Madrid or Inter Milan or whatever they might be. But this time, time it seems to be the players. So it could be a good time for Fergie uh, to, be playing Man- uh, to be playing Real Madrid. Yeah, I've heard it suggested even today that if Real Madrid get knocked out by Manchester United, Mourinho could be gone before the end of the season because the league title looks almost gone yep. at this stage in Spain. So they kind of have to win the Champions League now. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's amazing how it, how it can turn out. You know, because of his success in previous years, uh, they're not top of the league. He's under pressure. <laughs> but I think wherever he goes, Mourinho, he seems to make enemies, whether it be with the directors uh, or press or whatever it might be. But this time it's the players, which is even more important. So... Um, I think the talk is that he could be gone by the end of the season and certainly by the, at the end of the season yeah. he could well be gone. One man he hasn't made an enemy of is Alex Ferguson. Ferguson's always spoken of him very warmly, which is funny in that Mourinho almost always beats him. We were talking earlier on, the statistic yeah. is they've played 14 times, uh, teams managed by the two men. 
Alex Ferguson's only won two of those matches. Normally in a situation like that, not that Ferguson has many situations where he loses that many games to another manager, but when it does happen, he generally starts fights with them. Whereas with Mourinho, they seem to love each other. Um, well, he's gone now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's been out of the country for a few years. I think when when the, when the, the, they were at their height of, of contesting the league and that, um, I'm not. I'd say if you look back, uh, Ferguson wouldn't have wouldn't would have, wouldn't have always been complimentary towards uh, Mourinho. Yeah, he definitely picked him up on the Ronaldo comments when Mourinho questioned Ronaldo's oh, education yeah. or class or something yeah. like that. And, and I yeah. think he actually apologised for that because yeah. Ferguson went so. Well, mad. I think if he said anything against Ronaldo, he'd <laughs> pick you up on that. On, on that, I think it was like a like a, a, a well loved son. Mm. But I think it, like Ferguson can be can be very very uh, gracious when. Obviously, when he's winning, but when the managers are gone as well, and, and, and he has been out of it for a few years, you know, how long is it since he left? Three years, four years, left Chelsea. Yeah, longer even. You know, maybe longer. So you know, the, 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 he's no he's no threat to, to Fergie. And Fergie's any of the guys that, that threaten him, like he's he's quite sympathetic towards Wenger now, yeah. because he's not a threat. But I think that's Fergie. I think once somebody's a threat, then you see the other side of him. Ferguson was talking only this week about the difference between himself and somebody like Mourinho. He says, I could never go around saying we'll win that game. Maybe it's a bit of my Scottishness. But he was also talking about his management philosophy. This was in a a lecture he gave to Harvard College, actually. He said the two best words any player or any human being can hear are well done. They are the two best words ever invented in sport. You don't need to use superlatives. It sounds very simplistic, but it seems like that's part of his his man management is just saying well done to his players. Well, I think he's right. Uh, but he'd be the first one to say to give him the old hair. I know I got an old cliche, the hairdryer treatment. Uh, it, it's when to do it, Owen. You know, it's when to have a go at the player and when to uh, pat the player on the back. You know, I think I think Brian Clough was a genius at that. Uh, you know, in 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 in, in treating players uh, like I think say John Robertson. I think he he, he bestowed his blessing on him, uh, and and he grew with it. Uh, I don't think he bestowed his blessing on Martin O'Neill, for example. But Martin would would I've had I've seen him uh, in an article where he said, but to to the day Clough left or he left, he was doing his best mm. uh, to to for, to for get get Clough's blessing and never got it. But that was one way Clough of getting his, getting the best out of him. There's no argument that he could have got even more out of Martin O'Neill if he's told him you're my best player, you're the greatest player in Europe or anything. Well, like that. well, I think I think Clough would 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 assess the situation. And probably, I think the way he would have assessed it is, well, right, if I give this guy praise, he's not going to be half as good. <laughs> it's, 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 it's man management, as they say, on, and judging who to give the credit to, when to give the credit to that particular player. You know, I played with players where, God, if, you, if some players got a, got a bit of credit, the, the head would be gone. <laughs> you know, you have to keep them under control. All, all the individuals are different. Well, what the great managers do, they're able to judge who to pat on the back and who to give a little bit of stick to at the right time. But certainly, like I'm, I'm talking myself as a player. I, I loved it when when Don Revy used to say, "Oh, you, you played really well last night." It's great, you know. It's it's, a, it's an acknowledgement, and you need, you do need as a player. You have to have, uh, you know, the confidence uh, of the manager. The manager has to have confidence in you. The manager probably, as you've alluded to, there, can't go around if he's telling everybody well done. Then you'd know that maybe he is insincere about it. You obviously felt when Don Revy told you well done. Oh yeah, he genuinely. Well, he would say it every week. You see, on. <laughs> You know, like the, the, those managers, even with Ferguson, the, the, like he's saying, it's great to say, well done. But I, I guarantee you, if he had somebody that he wasn't pleased with, he'd tell him, he'd tell him straight after the match he wasn't pleased with him. Yeah. In no uncertain terms. Now, the fellow played well the next week, then he would say, well done. But you, 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 wouldn't, you wouldn't get credit from Ferguson. 
Or John Reeve if you weren't playing well. All right, John, we will take a quick break. We'll get to the texts right after these. Off the ball, getting inside the game on News Talk 106 to 108. Brian Cody's going to talk to us about uh, some of the stories surrounding Kilkenny's All Ireland win this year after 8 o'clock tonight. We'll also be chatting to Reggie Corrigan and Noel Mannion uh, about Eddie O'Sullivan's statement today of disappointment with Connacht Rugby for not interviewing him about their vacant position this challenge Murph and also Don is going to be bringing you some of the tips for the Christmas racing that's all to come 53106 if you want to text in to John Giles John uh, text here says Rafa Benitez says well done to none of his players what do you think of that policy? Well we don't know I I, I don't know who, who says that all <laughs> Yeah I, do, I think Stephen that probably comes from Stephen Gerrard's yeah. comment after the, they won the Champions yeah. League and he essentially was giving out to Gerrard for not marking he, up at a corner or something like that Yeah I, I'd say he wouldn't throw the praise around I wouldn't say that he never said well done mm. uh, but you know maybe maybe Gerrard thinks that at times that he, he could have given more praise some managers like that but when they do say well done they really mean it Yeah <laughs> You know like it depends how you, you know, if you're living with a manager every week you know when if it's well done as you said before, well done all the time. Mm. You don't get the same. You don't get the same buzz from it. Whereas now and again, if it's well done, you know he really means it. You know, yeah. uh, but th- Rafa doesn't seem to care about it. And, and <laughs> by the way, on in, see the papers. What a hero has become in the last couple of days. Huh? Mm. From last the criticism last week, yeah, yeah. But anyway, that's another yeah, day. Yeah, certainly. Like you're saying, though, he's pretty thick-skinned about that kind oh, of. Oh, he seems to be. Yeah, uh, John. With regards to contracts, were defenders making the same money as strikers in your playing days? Because back then, defenders maybe had more influence than now, where strikers have the run of the place. Um, I'm not saying I wouldn't say defenders had more influence then than now. Uh, but I'd say that the, 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 the I'm talking about now in my time. Mm. Uh, I'd say the wage structure would have been that pretty much all the players were on the same. Yeah, I don't think there was any any great difference uh, between the strikers and the defenders. Whether there is today or not, I don't know. I mean, would would anybody at Chelsea be earning more than Terry? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it depends. It's more you of a know, club to club thing. At, at, at Manchester United, I don't know. I wouldn't be too sure about that. They certainly seem to command the biggest transfer fees uh, a lot of the time. Well, they always did. Oh. Yeah. You know, like, goal scoring is the hardest thing in football. There's no doubt about that. And uh, that's why they're rarer than anybody else. So if they're rarer than anybody else, then the price is going to be higher. Jason in Swords, if John was a manager and had money to spend, would he risk it on an English striker like Sturridge? It seems to me English strikers are almost always technically inferior and none of them are first choice with their club. Even Rooney is now behind Van Persie. Yeah, well... Again, if if the clubs have the money as the Premiership clubs have had, you know the, the last the last uh, piece of the jigsaw is is the goal scorer, and it, because that's it's the hardest job. On so like the English clubs, the Manchester Manchester United, Manchester City have gone for the foreign players, and but there again, the English players are not there. You know, mm-hmm. like the, I, I mentioned before about Welbeck and Cleverly and all these lads coming into the Sterling coming into the England team. I think promoted before the ahead of their abilities uh, and I think because there aren't that many around that's the you know that's why they, 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 they cost more but so definitely you, yeah. there, there aren't many top class English strikers around If you were Brendan Rodgers at Liverpool would you be looking at Daniel Sturridge from Chelsea apparently there's a link there mm, Well he, he, he hasn't actually done it yet I don't think he's had an opportunity to do it you know he went to Chelsea uh, and they played him on the wing a lot I think he's a striker yeah. he looks a good player to me uh, On I think he probably can do it uh, but I haven't actually seen him do it yet because he hasn't had the opportunity. Uh, but obviously, Roger seems to fancy him a lot. There's another one here saying, John, there's some talk that Real Madrid will move for Gareth Bale in January. Would that be a good move for the player? Um, well, again, he's under contract. He's, I think he signed a, a three-year contract 
quite recently on. Mm. But I mean, to be honest, with players nowadays, that doesn't mean that much. Yeah. And every every player has his price, and I think Levi does the does the, the buying and selling. And, and I I would think that if the offer was big enough, then they'd have to let him go. A lot of people are asking about strikers today. John JP says, what one attribute would John look for in a striker besides scoring goals? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's almost answering the question. But is is holding the ball up important? Asked JP, like Benteke at Villa. Um, yeah, it, it is important, um, but it, it's it's it, all strikers are different, as we know. I mean, there's a lot of talk this year about Torres or since he's gone to Liverpool. I mean, Torres at Liverpool was a deadly striker. I never ever thought he was very good in the general play and link and play up on, you know. But you'd have to say, okay, well, if he's not good at that, but he's still going to put the ball in the back of the net. I think what's happened to Torres at Liverpool is that he's uh, sorry at Chelsea is that he's lost his confidence, and instead of being able to uh, contribute in the general play, which he's never been able to do, it's made him even more nervous because he's relying purely on his striking and, and his confidence has gone a bit. At, well, it's coming back a bit now. It's gone a bit at that. So he looks a really poor player. Whereas a lot of the strikers, I think Van Persie's build-up play is quite good as well as his finishing. So he contributes in that way as well. Pete in Sligo, this one's a bit detailed. John, is third place acceptable for Chelsea this season? Given the cash, it seems their ambitions are quite low all of a sudden. It was the same in last year's Champions League where they were perceived as plucky underdogs versus Barcelona, even though they're richer. So the question there is, is third place acceptable for Chelsea? Oh, I'd say they would take third place now. Just make sure to get into the Champions League for next yeah, year. I think they take it now. I think I think the two Manchester clubs will finish first and second. I think they will take third, uh, third position now. Don't forget, they've got an interim manager. There's no guarantee that Benitez is going to be there. So things are not really the way they should be at Chelsea. But if I, I'd say if, if, if you said to Benitez any of them, Chelsea, I think they definitely would take third place. What about Pete's point there, that they still have loads of money, they still have Abramovich, should they not be looking at being well, champions? Well, the money doesn't buy you the... I mean, it can help if it's managed in the right way. But money without good management, uh, as Ferguson has proved, who spent less banger over the years, has proved up to a few years ago. You know, you can throw money at it as much as you like, but it, it doesn't guarantee success. Another one here, this is from David. John Arsenal signed five British players to long-term contracts this week. Is that good news for the future of the club? Yeah, that's Wilshire, Jenkinson, Gibbs, Oxide chamberlain and Ramsey. They've all signed up. John, maybe those lads might be less likely to to leave the club as some others have in recent years probably I, I, I think that's a I think that was a, a bit of a PR stunt to be mm-hmm. honest uh, with the criticism that they had about not signing the players I mean there was no Walcott in it no. uh, in the lineup, and he's the one who's actually gone out of contract as far as I know those players that were, were in the photograph um, I still have time to run out of contract and they would be one or two of them anyway would be the less uh, attractive players to clubs than the likes of Walcott at this particular stage. It would have been maybe a more a bigger statement just having one player in that photo, and that's Theo Walcott. Yes, yeah. yeah. In other words, his his contract is up for renewal. He's the one most likely to to uh, to leave. I'd say you know, if, 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 if the real PR exercise would be Walcott signing up for the next four years or so. Uh, does John think managers get better as they get older? It seems Chris Hutton is a better manager than he was. Says Dino. Yeah, well, Chris is fairly new to the game, having been a long time as a number two. I didn't think Chris would ever go into management because he was number two at, uh, at Spurs for such a long time. Um, I, th- I think, obviously, experience is, is great if you have the ability to learn from the, your previous experiences. On. What about, for example, though, say Martin O'Neill, who has been a very good manager and isn't going well with Sunderland, or is that just a temporary issue for him? Well, Martin, uh, Martin has proven himself, but it's, 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 it's a peculiar, well, it's the most peculiar job management, <laughs> because wherever you go, 
the circumstances are different. Uh, for example, I remember I might have said to you before, Ron Saunders one time went to Manchester City when they had a very good team, and I think he was sacked after about four months. He went to Aston Villa and went on to produce a, a title-winning team that went on to win the European Cup. <laughs> so it's horses for courses in many ways. Like in Martin's case, uh, I think Martin's been a very, very good manager wherever he's been. But I think at the end of last season, having had a bad run from Christmas to the end of the season, I think he should have uh, uh, you know, improved the team. And for some reason or other, whether he was given the money or not given the money, he only signed, I think, two players. Yeah. So I think he, you know, he's not a miracle man. None of them are miracle men. So I think in the window in January, he definitely needs money to replenish that team or else they will, they, they will struggle. Okay. But all managers, all the circumstances are different now. John, we are just about out of time at this stage, so we'll have to wrap things up. But listen, have a good Christmas. We'll talk to you afterwards. And the listeners, have a great Christmas. John Giles there, which of course you can podcast uh, through all the usual means, usually up around uh, the top one or two in the podcast charts. And thanks very much for all those texts. Couldn't get through every single one of them. We tried to get through as many as we could there. We're going to be talking to Kenny manager Brian Cody after the 8 o'clock news.